You know the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. I am Moment see along time as always the one and only Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, how are you doing today? <laughs> whoa, whoa, I, I learn something new every day. <laughs> and um how you doing my friend how you doing i, I, uh, I mean uh, I, i'm doing a lot better than one of my friends who lives in new orleans is doing today that's all i will say <laughs> i'm doing a lot better than my brother in new orleans that's that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> that's a long day that's a long day down there in new orleans today yeah it's, it's a long day for everybody it's uh but hey we're getting through it's, it it, it was also uh, it, it was also a long day for the Miami Heat. You like that segue? Yeah. You like I that do. segue? I, you like that I segue? I do like that segue. I do like that segue. It's uh There was no playing around as they got bounced out of the arena by the Denver Nuggets. 109 to 94, respectable scoreline, but realistically it wasn't that close. You know, the Miami Heat put their bench in at the end of the game. Um, you know, to kind of cut down the lead a little bit, but Nuggets swapped by 21 at one point in the game. So the Denver Nuggets regained home court advantage by winning game three. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, I think the first pair of teammates to have 30-point triple-doubles in a finals game. Jokic, the first ever player to have 32, 21, and 10 in a finals game. Murray had 34, 10, and 10. Not a big night for their role players. I mean, Aaron Gordon had 11. Christian Brown, who we're going to talk about on this show, had 15. Uh, They got it done. On the other side... Jimmy had 28, Bam had 22, but then the rest of the Miami Heat players really struggled. Caleb Martin had 10, Carl Larry had 9, Struce only finished with 3 points, Doug Robinson had 9, Kevin Love had 6, Gabe Vincent had 7, he was in a lot of foul trouble tonight. What was your big takeaway from this Game 3? Well, the, the attention to detail as compared to, to Game 2, when you saw a lot of you saw a lot of missed uh, a defensive assignments. Yeah. You saw a lot of confusion on what they were supposed to do against certain matchups. Today, they were very crisp. Today, they were, they understood the assignment and they looked like they were ready to go. And, and, and as I said, Mo, you know, I said again, it's easy to play in the NBA finals, in my opinion, on the road than it is at home. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of momentum talked about what was gained by the Miami Heat after game two. Now they're going home. You called it. Good. And then the, the expectations of going home. You know, it's just easier because there's so many distractions. And when you get on the road, Mo, it's just you can you get in that hotel room in the NBA finals and you have the opportunity to shut your phones off. You have the opportunity to do not disturb on the door. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity, you got a built-in excuse to say, hey, I got practice or I got film or whatever. And you could just like take a deep breath. But when you're at home, oh, you got your family, you got your kids, you got tickets, you got, you know, what time I'm leaving for the arena, you got traffic. Yeah, dude. Some, got, like, some some players have got their girl, and then they got their other girl. Yeah, 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 other girl. Well, I don't know about all that. They need to check your phone. The Twitter's going crazy. <laughs> I could just say this: <laughs> there's a lot of distractions at home now, Mo. You can see how difficult it is. And Mo, by the way, you have the expectations of winning at home, like you're coming home. Yeah. So 
you know, great job by the by the the Denver Nuggets. Now, Mo, the real game is game four. Because let me let me let me say this here. If Miami loses in game four, you can just about wrap this this puppy up. Yeah, yeah. If they if they if they if they lose this one. Now, so this is a must game for them. Coach Spoll took his guys out with about, you know, I think a little under two minutes to get ready because now this is going to, in my opinion, it's going to favor the Denver Nuggets because they're a little deeper than the than the Miami yeah, Heat. Yeah, so. I mean, he gave extended run. Murray played 44 minutes. Jokic played 44 minutes. Like, he kept them right. in. He didn't go to his usual substitution bands, you know, yes. to, like, start they, they, the fourth quarter. He kept his guys in. Um he found nice little pockets of rest for his guys to get out of the game, but to the mm-hmm, large part, mm-hmm. he kept his two stars out there on the court. Yeah, I mean, he did. I, I, but you know what? Give those guys credit. Give my give Denver credit. Denver came out; they were really crisp. And, and you know, this kid, you know, Christian Brown. I mean, wow. I mean, you know, you, you talk about these guys who come in and and play. He he gave them a jolt of energy coming off the bench. You know, he played about 20 minutes or so. He was in double-figure scoring. He played the fourth really quarter nice instead yeah, of I mean, Michael. Really did a nice job. So, so this is one thing. Um, I want to shout out to Coach Michael Malone um, because maybe or maybe not he has subscribed to a certain newsletter that goes out every day called the Hoop Genius Newsletter that I write mm-hmm. every day. Um, and in that newsletter, I wrote that with Michael Porter Jr., I actually quoted BJ Armstrong. Because you oh, talk wow. about unexpected contributions. And I said, well, we need yes. the expected contribution of Michael Porter Jr. And if he can't contribute on the offensive side, he was 3 of 17 from 3 going into this game. Tonight, he was... What was what was Michael Porter Jr. tonight? He was 1 of 7 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. Defensively, he's not the strongest defender. Game 1, we praised his defensive efforts. Game 2, he was shocking on defense. Tonight, he was a bit better. But I said, if he's not got it going... You need to play Christian Braun, Christian Brown, instead of him, mm-hmm. and that's exactly mm-hmm. what Mike Malone did. But before we talk more about Christian Brown, right? I wanted to ask you about this because also in that newsletter, which you can subscribe to for free by hitting the link in the description, or if you want to help support the journey, it's one pound a month with the offer for the NBA Finals. But anyway, Michael Porter Jr. said this after Game Two, right? Because we talked about the miscommunication of Denver on defense in Game Two. Michael Porter Jr. said they're playing off our coverages. They're hearing what we're communicating to each other and they're doing the opposite. So if we say switch, they're slipping out for open threes. And if we don't say switch, they're actually going to set the screen. I wanted to ask you to break down for the people. When you're calling out your coverage on defense, right? You know, say say you're the guard, I'm the big. My player's coming to set screen, call out switch. So we're going to switch the action. If the If the other team then slip or whatever it is, how do you get around that? the other team reacting to what you're calling out? Do you come up with some sort of code? Do you just decide what you're going to do before, like during a timeout so that you don't have to call out the coverage? How did the Nuggets get around that? Well, you know, Mo, you know, when I say they were crisp, when I say they there's attention in the details, you know, Mo, when you're playing against a good team, the offense has a significant advantage. Why? Because the offense should have a counter to everything that is happening on the defensive end. I don't know what Mo is going to do. However, 
I have to stay principled by saying whatever Mo's going to do, I'm going to abide by the principles. Man, you ball. Now, if you get lazy and you say switch and you don't do it in a sound with a sound defensive principle, then Mo, I have an advantage. You're going to switch, but then you're allowing bodies to run free. Okay. And what I mean by allowing bodies to go, go free, Mo, there's a certain physicality that you have to play with the game. Mm -hmm. So when a man goes to set a screen, Mo, you have to meet that force with force. When people start running free is when you have an advantage as an offensive player, because now you're dictating to the defense on what can happen. Yeah. But if I keep man, you ball, and I always stay in between man, you ball and that principle, well, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter. Like, okay, Mo, you switch. I'm there. You set the screen. I'm there. Yeah. So when you hear coaches and, and coach Spolster says it all the time, we're going to force you and we're going to do everything the hard way. Meaning mm -hmm. we're going to force you to play defense with the principles that most people don't want to do. Everyone wants to take the easiest route. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if if, if you're going to just let me mo run up to a screen and you don't put a hand on me and you don't put a body on me, then, Mo, I can do whatever I want. So mm -hmm. what he was basically saying was, hey, I was calling out to the defensive <laughs> assignment. <laughs> so he basically was telling on himself. So, yep. <laughs> so Coach Malone said, okay, we can't play that way. We have to put bodies. How many times you hear this? Well, we have to put bodies on people. Yep. We can't let people just run around. And Mo says, hey, I think I'm going to go set a screen on BJ. And I go, and the defense goes, okay, Mo, go right ahead. No, Mo, you're <laughs> you're actually trying to supply resistance to whatever they're trying to do. So I think, I hope that's what Michael Porter was saying. I hope that's what he wasn't saying, I should say. And that you could see tonight they made the adjustment. I thought Denver did a great job. They were very physical. They came out and they played. They didn't miss any assignments. Now, oh, I don't know what the offense is going to do. However, what I do know is that I'm going to be there to contest and show resistance to whatever you're trying to do. And I'm going to fight you for every loose ball, every screen, every I'm going to fight over the picks. I'm going to do that. And then a good offense is going to have a counter. If you play good defense, Mo, I can counter that by doing whatever is necessary. So uh, that's how that works. Well, speaking of playing with force and, and doing kind of some of the day work, Christian Brown, absolutely sensational. The rookie for the uh, Denver Nuggets, 15.7 or 8 from the field. He um, was amazing in this, whether it's offensive rebounds, whether it's diving on loose balls, whether it's playing defense whether it's being an active off-ball cutter because his three-point attempt clanged off the side of the backboard. So he made sure that he was cutting when defenses went to go. Say Aaron Gordon has a mismatch and they go to double him, he would cut. Mm -hmm. They go to double Jokic, he would cut and just take layups on layups, get out in transition, cause steals, get out in transition, layups. Um, he had an amazing game. And on the defensive end of the ball, he, he held his own as well. So it's rare that we see these kind of contributions from rookies in the NBA Finals. On the other hand, Michael Porter Jr., going back to him, having a horrendous series, what can he do to break out the slump? Is it just a question of... Because he had a couple a couple nice offensive rebounds. One of them led to another well, basket, here, here, to a foul. Here, but... here, here's the thing. Here's the thing I would... 
if Michael Porter Jr. was here, I, I, my my advice to him would be very simply: don't allow your offense to dictate whether you play well or not. Okay, and we're talking about Christian Brown because of what he did on the defensive end. He did all the dirty work. Mm-hmm. He got offensive rebounds. He got steals, which led to transition. He, when they were doubling or rotating to Jamal Murray and 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 of course uh, Jokic, he was there to cut to provide the spacing, make himself available. He did all of the things that you have to do, and he was a star in his role. That's mm-hmm. it. Now, th- that that's it. Now he also happened to make those shots. So that was an added bonus. Okay. So my thing would be, okay, if you make your shots, phenomenal. But there's there's also opportunities to do all the other things to assist the guys. Because let me let me assure you, the, the formula is very simple when you get to this level. Star players have to be stars, and role players have to be stars in their role. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So you know, Michael Porter, hey, just be a star in your role. Here's your role. Defend, rebound, which I thought he did a good job today. He did rebound the basketball. But, the but you know, getting steals, being a lockdown defender, help recover, taking charges, those are the things that's needed to win an NBA championship. And a lot of times, Mo, when you hit your threes, that's fantastic. Or you hit your shots, that's great. But let me tell you something. Coming off the bench or or playing in limited minutes, Mo, when you know that the coach is just looking, the coach is looking for contributors. He's looking for contributions. And contributions, those contributions, like that kid made one heck of a steal this evening, talking about Christian Brown, where he stole the ball, was able, I mean, Mo, that was just all effort. in transition, scored the dunk. Mo, that's just that's just those are just effort plays, right? That, that has nothing to do with whether you where you're open or not. He went out there and he made a play, mm-hmm. and that's just effort and energy. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's all a process. And, and look, Michael Porter is a very capable player. However, you know, he is an offensive player. That's what he is. I mean, Mo, that, I mean, he only took seven shots tonight. I mean, but he's also capable of making five or six shots in a row. That's how good of an offensive player he is. But tonight. I don't think there was going to be a lot of opportunity because those two guys were simply sensational on the offensive end, talking about Jamal Murray and uh, Mr. Jokic. Yes, sir. Well, the Miami Heat role players had a tough time tonight. Um, They had their three-point shooting kind of came back down to earth a little bit, 11 of 35. That's 31% Mm -hmm. from three-point land. But it wasn't just a bad shooting night. It was the amount of uncontested shots or the amount of wide-open shots they got was way less than what they had in game two. Goes back to what you said about Denver communicating on defense. I also think they did a mm-hmm. great job of when there was a shooter in the corner or a shooter on the wing, the Nuggets would make sure they close out to them and then they'd figure out the rest of the defense after that. Not mm-hmm. worried about if they moved the ball, they would figure that out after. So credit to the Nuggets for being locked in. The zone of Miami, they didn't go to it as much in this one. I think in the last game, when you saw the zone, I did a breakdown of it on my YouTube channel. Um, where they would have Nikola Jokic in the middle of the court and they'd have someone denying the catch and then he would kind of not have much time and he'd try and make a play. This time, as soon as he caught the ball in the middle, he would straight away spin and attack towards the basket going downhill. 
And um, that was a big problem for Miami because when he's doing that, it does collapse the zone. I think the other thing as well, watching Jokic that everyone's talking about right now, is how soft his touch is around the basket. Like every shot that hits the rim seems to just gently fall into the hoop compared to clanging out. <laughs> how does he manage this? Like, how is he doing this? Because he's seven foot. Like, you don't see guys that size have such a soft touch around the basket. Well, you know, well, like, we're, we're, we're so quick to, like, say, you know, this person in a box, okay? And, you know, when you see a great player, Mo, that's, it always gives you, like, I haven't seen that before. And, you know, Mo, he, he's an interesting player because he screened, he rolls, but he shoots floaters and runners. Ain't no dunks. Okay. Okay. And then... He'll get down there and he'll play like a big guy. Then he'll pass. I mean, well, he's just a, listen, if I understood how he did it, I would be able to teach it to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I understood how he did it, I probably would be able to do it myself. I mean, well, he's just an interesting player. You know, like, well, he, I mean, well, I've been saying this for years, so I'll, I'll say it for the last time. He's the most charming player I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He's simply... He's he just, you know, you go, all right, whatever we think a big man's supposed to be, it doesn't really apply to him. Because there are how many big guys can go the full length of the floor with their offhand and finish at the basket? How many guys can pass off the dribble like him in 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 a full stride? How many guys can shoot a three, one hand, fake it, spin, put it behind his back, and then and and yep. shoot off his <laughs> when the, the shot right leg firing with the yeah i mean well he just does things you go okay i can get frustrated if i'm the defense or just say that's how he plays i mean mo how does he do it i, I have no idea but what i do know mo is that it's not luck that's what he does you know what i mean like that's his game yeah i mean it's really cool to watch because it's so unexpected like mo, like he goes to the middle jumps off his right leg and flips up the shot and just goes in and just like hits every part of the basket and rolls in. And he consistently does this. Well, I would love to know what his numbers are once he gets in the paint. I bet he shoots over 60%. He probably shoots around 65, 70% in the paint. He just has great hands, a great feel for the game. So he's just an incredible player. Looking at the stat sheet tonight, what's crazy is Miami took 92 more shots than the Denver Nuggets. But the Denver Nuggets... Uh, not 92 more. They shot 92 shots. The Denver Nuggets shot 80 oh. shots. So they had 12 oh, more. So attempts. Yeah. That, yeah. that would be crazy if they had 92 more shots. But Dude, the Nuggets yeah. converted at 51% compared to 37% in the Heat. The large part of that is the Nuggets only took 18 threes. The Heat couldn't keep them out of paint. The Heat shot 35 threes. And, you know, credit to the Heat. They didn't turn the ball over. They had four turnovers compared to 13 for Denver. But the real advantage for Denver was on the boards. Jokic had 21 of their 65 total rebounds. The Heat as a team had 41 total rebounds. They completely controlled the glass. They had obviously so much size when they get into the paint, but the Heat just simply couldn't stop the two-man game of Jokic and Murray, and they couldn't stop either of them from getting into the painted area. So I don't know what the Heat can do now looking at the next game. Their whole thing of, are we going to turn Jokic into a scorer and and not a pass? Like, you can't do that. You you can't. You can do it once, maybe. But that's not a strategy to go into the game. Well, it, you know, it, it, those those philosophies or philosophical 
you know, gymnastics, they sound great. You know, the, the, the core of the game is you have to get it stops. Yep. When a team shoots over 50% more, that means you're taking the ball out of bounds five versus five, half of the time or half of your possessions. We all know, Mo, it's way more difficult to shoot a contested shot. Mm -hmm. That's why everyone is trying to get the ball down as quickly as they can. You see and Aaron Gordon push the Aaron, ball down. Aaron Gordon did a great job of that tonight. Every time he got a rebound, he was yeah, pushing that, the pace down the court. It. Because you want to play advantage basketball against a defense that's not set up. That's just what it is. Now, we can look at the stats and we can say all these things, but it just comes down, Mo, to one simple fundamental thing that has to happen in the game. Can you get a stop? If you can get a stop, Mo, now I can play in transition, get out, and figure out how to play, provided I pass the ball, I cut, I do those things. It's really hard to play that way. So, you know, Mo, if you told me that I'm going to shoot 50%, that means, as every coach will tell you in the locker room, they probably won't say it because it's not fun to say if you want to win in this league, Mo, you got to play defense. <laughs> you know, I mean, Mo, like, you know what I mean? It's, it was you a know, big point of emphasis about, for Mike Mello. You heard the little excerpts of him talking to his team. Defense was the emphasis. Yeah. It always is. You, I mean, that's, you know, Mo, I love it when people say, oh, the game has changed. Or, you know, this generation is different than the previous. No, they're not. Everyone's playing the same way. Championship caliber basketball is played one way. You defend, you rebound, and you pass the ball. That's why they won. Now, it's nice when you make threes. That's a storyline. It's nice when someone gets eight block shots in a game. You go, oh, my gosh, he controlled the game. But the basis of the game is those fundamental core values that you have to have. And give Denver credit. I mean, Denver – Play. I thought. I thought Denver played the way they wanted to play in game two. They just couldn't get it done. Yeah. But now they they got. Maybe it they needed that wake that, up call in game yeah, two. Yeah. Well, well. 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 Mo, there's a reason Miami got here. I mean, Miami's a good team. It's not like Miami went away tonight. I mean, Miami. They, they were, got they it were down there. to nine points in the last minute of the game. Yeah, they were there. But you know what? It's it's going to be hard when you only shoot thirty some percent from the field, Mo. That's that's really hard to do. I mean, that's just. I mean, you got to shoot forty five percent. You got to, you got to shoot within ten percent of what the other team does. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you shoot thirty seven percent and they shoot thirty nine percent, okay, that's okay. If you shoot thirty seven percent and they shoot, what'd you say, fifty one percent? Yep. It, Mo, it's it's too large of a deficit, and the only way you can close that deficit is with three point shooting. And it wasn't like they were particularly hot from three. I don't know what they ended up. Eleven shooting. of 31 percent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that, that's that, that's just not going to get it done. But give Denver credit. Denver did an excellent job on the defensive end. So looking ahead to the next game, what can the Miami Heat possibly be looking to do aside from play better defense? Because they really are seeming to run out of answers. Like when I saw them trapping Jamal Murray, throwing two defenders off him off the two-man action. I was like, okay, that as great as Spo is, there's only so much you can do. Because all right, you, you're gonna you're gonna take the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands. Nikola right. Jokic is right there. Good luck. Well, 
what you sit did see them do, Mo, which I thought was interesting, was they pre-rotated to Jokic. And, you, and, and they stole the ball a couple of times from Jokic here this evening. Mm-hmm. Now, the great thing was that Jamal Murray did was he took on the double team. Now, Mo, that's really hard to do. Now, and the, the only reason I'm saying this, because as a guard, it's very hard to do is to take on a, a double team off the dribble. Normally, when you take on a double team, and what that means to our listeners is you, you pass the ball to a post player, the post player will allow the team to double team him so that he can create an advantage for his offensive team. We saw Jimmy Butler but doing that. Jimmy Butler did it. Jokic does this all the time. Normally, you'll see bigger players doing that. Why? It's because they're big, big enough and strong enough to take on the double team, wait for the double team to get there, and then make the pass. Well, Jamal Murray isn't like the biggest guy when Bam comes and double teams him off the dribble. Okay, and normally you have an advantage because Bam is not only a bigger body than Jamal Murray; he's quick. Mm-hmm. He can guard. So it's not like side. he can guard on the perimeter. But Jamal Murray did a couple passes tonight that were just really there's nothing you can do because he can look Jokic off and pass to the other guy that's in the dunker spot as he's dribbling the ball out in the top of the at, in the top you know, in the top of key, top of the key area, which Mo is really hard to do. I mean, it's almost impossible for any guard, any guard that's played the position. You'll know how hard it is to pass around yep. a six ten guy like Bam Adebayo off yeah. the dribble and make the read appropriately. And it's like a one hand pass situation. sometimes as well. Yeah. I mean, Mo, it's really, and then the next play, he'll come down, take on the double team, get around Bam and finish with a one hand shot at the rim. I mean, Mo, he really made some incredible plays. So you say, what can you do? I mean, Mo, those are like, like you don't teach people to do that. They, he just has a, an incredible instinct. feel yeah, for the game. And that is something that I think Coach Malone and the staff said, Jamal, here's what they're doing. They're pre-rotating so that you don't have your first option, which is to come off hard and look for your shot. Second option is look for Jokic. Jokic. And then the third option is find the guy that that's pre-rotating, find his guy that he left from. I mean, do you know how quick all of this is happening? And Crazy. Jamal Murray did it to like perfection. I mean, yep. so you said, what can they do? I mean, Mo, like I, I, I would take my chances with that. If you told me, <laughs> if you told me that Jamal Murray is going to be flawless in that for 48 minutes, I would be like, no way. That's just too difficult to do. But he did it. So I'll mm-hmm. live with that and say, you know what? We'll see if he does it again. Because, Mo, I don't believe that a guard can do that consistently. But maybe he can. That's just... He only needs to do it two more times. To only needs yeah, to do it two more it, times to get a championship ring. Um, but, but that's a credit to him. I mean, yeah. Jamal Murray was that good tonight. He was really Absolutely. that good. Um, before we go, let's talk about one more thing. Uh, Chris Paul said in an interview recently that his daughter comes home from school and tells him that other kids at school during the lunch break laugh at her because her dad hasn't won a championship ring um and the high school bullies got more ammunition today when the phoenix suns announced that they had waived chris paul meaning they've bought out his salary and come from the team right or they can stretch out the salary i don't know what they're going to do with it it's only 15 million of his 30 million is guaranteed for next year what does all of this mean bj and where are we going to see chris paul next season 
Well, you know, I, I want to be very careful with this because, you know, I want to keep it. I want to keep what I'm going to say in this proper perspective. You know, Chris Paul has had a Hall of Fame career. Chris Paul has been an incredible contributor to the game, how he's represented himself, his family, the NBA. I mean, he's been the president of the Players Association. Association. I mean, he's had an amazing career now. The criticism that we have, if there's any criticism at all, is if there's one thing that's glaring in his career is that he hasn't won a championship. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's the one piece that's missing from literally a, an incredible career. A Hall of Fame okay. career, even without yes. a championship. Okay. okay. Now, I think, and that's a fair criticism, right? I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a fair, right? Now, it has nothing to do... You know what? I don't know. I don't know the story, which you just mentioned about his family. I don't know any of those stories. Yeah. But what I do know is that, okay, whatever happened this year or in years that's built up to this is like, okay, where is he at in his career right now? And I think it's fair to say, Mo, he's on the downside of his career. He's 30, what, six, 37, something like that now. And all of a sudden now, Mo, the clock is ticking. And I don't know how many more runs he has left in him where he can be the Chris Paul that we have come to expect. Because he seems, for whatever reason, bad timing, bad luck, he just gets hurt at the just the, the worst times. I mean, he just had – I mean, it's just been game six and he comes up with some you know hamstring or hip flexor or something. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed to have Im- had some impact on his inability to get over the get over the top. So, where do I think he's gonna land? I I I think Mo he probably at this stage is looking to go to a contender where he can contribute. I don't think Mo he's the the first guy for sure. I Hold don't on. think he's the second guy anymore. He's the first guy off the bench now. Yeah, yeah he no, will be sixth man of the year. Let me ask you this. Do you think it would be crazy if he just stayed with the Suns? Just comes back on a veteran minimum because then by waiving him, it gives them I don't think I don't exception so they can sign someone to the mid-level and they can re-sign Chris Paul. I don't think so. I, I think it's I think it's time for Chris to move. And here's why. Here's why I say that. If Monty Williams was the coach, I would say yes, because you could do with him what you saw Coach Spoel did with Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Because that's a valued point. If you said, we just want to put you in a position where you're going to be able to maintain your consistency through an 82 game schedule with a chance to go deep in the playoffs. And it's probably better for you, for our team to have you coming off the bench like Kyle Lowry. I think that's a very, that, that that's that to me makes sense. And he knows the system, so forth and so on. Now they're going to have a new system of play. They got new coaches. They're going to have a new style. And clearly, clearly now you have to figure out how to beat Jokic. Okay. You, you got to be, he, 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 as long as Jamal Murray and him are healthy, they're going to be 
the opponents that everyone's going to be shooting for in the Western Conference. I, I think even more so now than the Lakers. Good luck, DeAndre and, Ayton. And, 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 <laughs> and the Warriors. And you're talking and the Warriors. So I think Denver now has moved into a different category. And if they win it this year, they're going to be even better next year because they're going to have the confidence. Okay, their role players are going to be better. They're going to have more confidence. They're going to feel better about their situation. So I think it's probably best for him to move on. Do you see him at the I Lakers? Because that's what a lot of people are saying. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to like the Pistons or something like that. I really would. Oh, wow. I like the Spurs. Go and play with Wemby for a little bit. They've got the money to pay him. Go play with Wemby Nyama, get him some nice, easy looks. I would like to see that. You, you know, I, I, I again, I, I had to be careful more with this with him. You're talking about a 36, 37 year old point guard. When you say play, Mo, like you're talking, you know, I want to keep him between 24 or, or, or and 28 mental. minutes a night. Maybe that's a better word. Go mentor him with all your experience or, 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 in the league. Yeah, I would like to see him play in a system that he's familiar with. I would like to see him play where he can contribute as much as he can. It's like, like I told you with LeBron at the beginning of the season. Just give me what you got. What about? Because you don't know. What about my personal hell of him joining the Boston Celtics? Well, you already have the six man of the year. I know. But, it doesn't make sense. But I, I think, you know what be, I think would be a good place for him is Milwaukee. Yeah. Definitely. He, with Giannis. He, he, and the reason I say that is because he can play a limited, he can play a limited role, but contribute in a big way. And, and how many like, times do I tell you, how many times I tell you this season, they need another bull handler off the bench. Yeah. And I, that's what I'm saying. He, he can play with Drew Holiday. He plays behind Drew Holiday. They can play together. He doesn't need to be the leader of the team. He just needs to, to you know, have moments, have timely moments. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, keep your minutes down. You know, we don't need you to carry anything. If you if you make shots, great. If you don't, great. We need another ball handler. We would love to have a guy who could have experience and manage the second unit. I think that would be a great place for him. There's no pressure. There's no, you, you know what? You're, you're just here to contribute at the end of the year. Okay. It'd be nice if you could stay healthy the whole year. That's a blessing, but we really need you to come out. So I think, I don't think the Lakers is a good place for him. Mm -mm. Um, I, I, I think he's at this stage, I think he's probably, and if he wants to win a championship, I think he should look for a place where he he can do like what Kyle Lowry is doing. Kyle, that's a Kyle Lowry and 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 and, and what's his name? Uh Bogdan. Brogdon. Those are Brogdon, yeah. Th those are really valuable positions. I also I would love to see him play with the Warriors. I think that would be a good place for him. I think Warriors okay. is a good place for anyone. Yeah, I think that would be a good place for him. Pool, but you know yeah. what I mean? That would be a good place for him. Um, because they're gonna they need you always can utilize a ball handler, especially coming off the bench, you know? Yep, especially on the um, value contract, not being on 30 million anymore, he'll be on a minimum salary. Yeah, so. yeah, be on a minimum let, salary. I think be a good place for him. Let us know on social media or join the Discord server that's linked in the description of this podcast. You can join the conversation in there where you guys think Chris Paul is gonna end up. And we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Ready for game four, BJ? Who's your prediction for game four? 
I'm I'm going with Denver. I I I, I think Denver. I think they 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 are. I think they're ready. I just think this team is ready to win. They're two wins away. They're focused, and um, but it's it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I, I expect Miami. However, I think this is going to be a tough turnaround. You know mm. what? You're you're, you know this. It's Wednesday night game on Friday. You know you know a short turnaround. So um, you know, but I'm going to say Denver. Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. And after that game, we'll be here wrapping it up for you. So make sure you subscribe to the Hoop Genius Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want more great NBA content, like I said earlier, subscribe to my new newsletter that is in the description as well. And on YouTube, I've been doing video breakdowns, going through game footage and looking at the keys to the game. Shout out to everyone who shared that. Shout out to everyone who's watched that. Numbers have been fantastic so far. So I appreciate each and every one of you. We'll be back very soon. Don't go anywhere, don't miss an episode, and most importantly, get buckets.